In today's podcast, I am chatting with Matt and Hayden from Dirty Jack. Um, Dirty Jack is a creative video marketing company, but they are just, I mean, (laughs) I don't know how to explain their videos without you looking at them. So I'm going to put some links in the description. But this is one of those episodes I feel like everybody needs to listen to. And the reason that I wanted to get these guys on is because I actually saw some of their ads and purchased from some of their ads. So I know that they work and I was like, this is gold. And I really wanted to talk to them on the podcast. So I'm so excited that we finally did it. Um, but just a heads up for any of you who might have kids around in the car or anything with you, they probably don't want to hear this one. <laughs> there is swearing. There is like, um, it's just not child friendly. So you're probably going to want to listen to this one later. Um, but I hope that you love it. I'm Matt Christie. Uh, I'm a co-founder at Dirty Jack. Um, and my specific role, I suppose, is creative director or dictator, depending on the, on the day. Um, yeah. Valid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Hayden Brown. I'm one of the other founders of Dirty Jack. Uh, primarily, my role is like um, inbound, um, getting clients in and then producing the video projects themselves. So kind of organizing the chaos that you've probably had a little peep at uh yeah well thank you so much for being here and yeah you're right so what how I actually came about contacting you was I saw one of your ads and I was like this is the best ad I have (laughs) ever seen in my life and I'm not just saying that um and then I realized that I don't even know which ad it was because I then went down like a whole like I was there for hours watching them all um how do you come up with ideas that are so out of the box because sometimes I'm trying to post on Instagram and it takes me 30 minutes to come up with an idea but you guys come up with these ideas that are just so crazy where do they come from um you know what I think it's it's kind of trying to forget what you're supposed to do in marketing and and forgetting the rules you know when we when we come up with ideas we're often talking about films and books and you know YouTube videos that we've watched it's like um obviously there are certain rules in marketing that are important to follow but we you know uh, we have a really set period with each project where we have space to make really bad decisions and and come up with bad ideas and it's really just letting yourself off the hook for a good period of time when you're experimenting with you know i mean we come up with for every good idea probably 30 awful ideas um and i think we really prioritize playing um so like we just have fun with it and i think that's really important when you know i think like everyone watches so many ads all the time and that you know our philosophy is like 99% of ads are similar and it's our job to i don't know make them a little bit more funny or weird or or creative um yeah i think that's that's my take i suppose yeah what he said (laughs) (laughs) it's uh it's probably important to say like matt sort of briefly mentioned there we we will throw a lot of shit at a wall. Uh, probably a good time to ask whether we can swear or not in this. But Oh, yeah, um, go for it. It's fine. You know, when we're coming up with ideas, there's just lots. And I think the, the important thing for us is to just have a bank of silliness for like every project. So just, you know, 10 different characters, like 10 different scenes, ridiculous things they're going to be doing. And at the end of the day, like the client's going to say yes to one of them or two, three, whatever the, the brief is. So you know, it's it's filtering out a lot of just mental, like, chaos before we yeah. get to the nice, juicy one. And I think we're not scared of rejection as well. So often we'll, we try and push our clients out of their comfort zone when we're pitching ideas. Um, you know, it's much better for us to get a few no's and then kind of retreat from the craziness into a safer space for them rather than start quite bland and then move up, if that makes sense. So... You know, the ideas that we pitch that you don't see are so kind of often inappropriate or, you know, like too much or or, or even just too weird, you know. Um, but I think with each client experience we have, we really, really try and push our comfort zone, even for us in terms of what we're capable of shooting or, or developing. It's just really important that, uh, you know, we have fun doing it. Um, we, we don't listen to many marketing podcasts or, or read marketing articles about what we should be doing. You know, again, I think a lot of our inspiration is from movies and, and, you know, a lot of TV shows. And I, I think, you know, everyone in their personal time, they're watching Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad or whatever, you know, Game of Thrones, that's got dragons incest. Like, you know, it's very, it's, it's fucking mental. Right. But then when we go to LinkedIn and watch ads, we then kind of sharpen up and we try and make everything cool. But in their own time, everyone's kind of, watching this 
fairly complex, kind of weird and wonky. You know, Breaking Bad is like a, a meth dealer. Uh, all these weird and kind of big and visual ideas. And there's no reason that you can't take from all that stuff that we all like watching um, and stick it in your advertising or your or your marketing. You know, there's just no rules these days. There's no, unless you're making TV ads when you're going to have to edit a lot. Like YouTube and Facebook ads are still, for the most part, unless you're doing something that's really not okay, which obviously we don't want to be doing, you, you can get away with a lot, right? There's no, you know, for example, most ads or most people think that ads should be short and quick and, and UGC is really popular right now and it works for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, our, our latest ad that we just developed was seven and a half minutes long, which is just unheard of and it's silly. And it, on paper, it's probably a bad idea, but we let ourselves go and explore those bad ideas. And if it makes sense for the project, you know, we'll take that risk. It, as long as it makes sense, you know? So I think we just, we don't confine ourselves to what the expectations are externally. Um, and that makes for a very stressful time for us because <laughs> we're nonstop, you know, taking these risks and, and seeing if they pay off. And um, yeah, often they do, which is nice. I think like no one sits down in the evening, gets in their pants and goes, oh, I'm going to flick through some ads for an hour. Like right. no one... You get home exactly. and you pick YouTube on or Netflix or whatever. No one's like, I can't wait to go home and watch fucking 45 minutes of like some ads on Facebook. And I just think like, why do people insist on just ignoring everything that's entertaining in the world when they make mm. their ads? It's kind of bizarre. Um, so there was like a chip on our shoulder for me and Matt, I think, when we started yeah. it um, way back when. Um, yeah, it's just take risks where possible i think there's there's so many things i want to pick up on there but something that really stands out is what you said about not kind of being in this bubble of people doing similar work because something mm. that i hear a lot from people in business is um you know when well, i'm trying to do some really crazy marketing and i'm following all these other people who do the same thing and everything looks the same and so therefore mm. i'm generating what they're doing and then mine looks the same and you just lose whole personalities and actually it sounds like what you're saying is we're human so why are we taking the human bit out of the marketing it's fascinating how many people still in their brief are like you see what that like you see this thing like we want that i'm kind of <laughs> like yeah but that that's done you, you know that thing that you've just referenced to us is done and it's done really well <laughs> like no one i just there's no benefit in going i want to just make another one of those because it's if you're not doing something completely different are you even advertising like could you argue you're not even categorized as advertising if you're just doing the same thing as everyone else because uh you know the whole yeah. point is without sounding like this big conglomerate capitalist like you know the whole point is they want to sell stuff and it's i just don't think i think it's audacious to try and sell something to someone if you're not at the very least going hey i get you a little bit you know i get you're like a person and you've got a sense of humor i just think if you're just going to plonk a product in front of someone and go hey you should buy this because it's got a thousand mega gigapixels and the screen's got blah blah, blah. it's like no one cares no mm. one really cares about that so yeah um, it's just fun it's yeah and i think i think a lot of advertising is really patronizing and uh, i think people are generally fed up with it um so i think if you just make a little bit little bit of an effort uh you know, pander to your audience in a way that they find interesting. And I think, again, that, that comes with taking risks and being a bit vulnerable as well, you know, um, then they'll appreciate it a lot more. I remember this story about um, Ed Sheeran and how he was trying to come up with his music and he played at a lot of, um, like, singer-songwriter nights and he didn't really get noticed. And it wasn't until he went to, like, rap nights and comedy nights, because his, his music is a bit cheeky, I suppose. I don't really know. Um, but it was then he started to get noticed. So I think, yeah, if your input, if all you're listening to and watching is your peers doing the same thing, then you're never going to, you're just going to end up outputting the same stuff, right? Um, so yeah, we have a total disregard as much as we possibly can to what other people are doing. Um, and again, yeah, we just try and find our ideas elsewhere. And I think, yeah, if we were trying to make comedy videos or or comedy short films, if we were trying to pitch these ideas to the BBC, um, then we, we'd probably be fairly average and we wouldn't be noticed. But I think it's just because we're doing it in the form of adverts that we we get quite a lot of 
exposure. So I think it's it's stealing ideas from places, kind of remixing them, and then blending them with your own ideas, right? So we'll often see an ad that we like or a, or a movie scene that we like, and we'll go, we'll take that bit, we'll take this bit, and then, you know, you'll talk about the product and you'll 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 include the product and 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 think about the the client's audience and 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 whatnot and then all of a sudden you've got something that seems really original but actually all you've done is kind of tested ideas that you like from other places um but because it's just not part of the quote-unquote marketing industry it's from wherever else we're looking it seems really fresh and people really engage with it um yeah, so it's it's not necessarily even about originality. I think it's just it's you know we we've watched a lot of comedic films, but also a lot of like you know regular blockbuster films that we like, and we try and take bits that we think would resonate for again the client's audience. Mm. I don't know um, how into skincare you guys are, but it reminds me a little bit of the brand The Ordinary because they talk mm. about this. Um, they wanted to stand out amongst the crowd. And so they took a lot from the science world. And so their packaging is very much like, you know, like the little pipettes that you would find in a science mm-hmm. lab. And so in a science lab, they would fit in. But on a in boots, they stand out because they look really weird. And so they said a very similar thing. Um, can I be totally honest with you as a business owner myself? This idea of breaking all the rules and stepping outside the box is a little bit terrifying. Do you guys yeah. ever feel scared of like doing something wrong or doing something people are going to think is just like too far out the box? Like, do you have any fear? You know, the Every scariest day. bit is having the audacity to ask for money for it. Yeah. I think like, mm-hmm. pitching the yeah. ideas is one thing and uh, like writing scripts is fun. And, you know, when me and me, Matt and Candela like, pacing around like shooting ideas across it's like that's not the scary bit the scary bit is being like that would be some money please (laughs) like you know me and matt when we were at uni we used to make sketches together all the time and put out some like arguably like outrageous like silly like almost spoof facebook videos and like when you see these viral campaigns of like this man has like a thousand cups of coffee a day and blah 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 we used to just make sort of fake ones and so i think that we got past that fear there of the making weird stuff and shipping it and putting it online. We even used to put money behind running them like <laughs> as like promoted content on Facebook for some reason, but it worked. Um, but yeah, the, the scary bit is still like every time we send off like a, a deck or costs is a little bit scary. Like we get it sent off and there's almost a, a physical like, you know, your shoulders go down and everything's just a little like, you know, is this okay? Like we're asking someone, we're actually asking someone for money for this like this weird thing like and we want someone to pay for that um and i don't mm. think that'll ever go right? like no. every the cost it gets more and more scary you normalize this costing it and then suddenly you know you're three years in and you can't charge what you used to and so we've got to get used to you know asking yeah. for big numbers and i think that at least for me that's the scary bit uh mainly because i'm the one that sends the email with the cost on it <laughs> yeah uh, um i for sure ideas. i i get terrified about the ideas I want them sending them off because we really, we really do try and push our own comfort zones. And like, you know, on hindsight, when you finish the project and it's gone well and the client's happy and there's a tangible result in their business, like that's great. But, you know, during the process and you've written this or I've written this really absurd video that's I think is funny or, or I think works, but you know, um, that, might not you know i think we are in a risky business in that people are investing money into a a particularly kind of like strongly taste tasted asset um that still keeps me up at night occasionally but i think that's just part of the process like you can't you can't take those kind of creative risks without there being no risk right that's just that's just the game um so like yeah it is scary for me sometimes, I think. But um when they start getting run on Facebook, that's still that's yeah. I like, mean, hey I feel... guys, we just started running the ads, and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh my god, god, that thing um, made with like volcanic ass shoots chocolate yeah. milk out of it. Like that's yeah. that's being run on Facebook now as an ad. It's like yeah, yeah. Comes into I think I, I think I really trust people. I think I really trust that audiences are intelligent and that they um that they want good content to watch um 
and um yeah i don't know i think i think being nervous about what you're producing is often a good sign that you're you're kind of on the edge of your ability creatively or you're or that you're in an area that's uncomfortable right i think the biggest risk is 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 making content and everyone that everyone else is making and just being one of a thousand i think like the upside of of really developing your branding and having some assets that push the envelope um i think at the end of the day it's probably less risky than than we make it out to be but still for us it's 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 hard sometimes yeah it's scary for sure for me anyway not maybe not hayden <laughs> me is there anything you've done that has backfired any like horror stories we got um, our first ad this year. We had our first ever ad that was uh, pulled for legal reasons from the internet, which oh, is okay. a good achievement for us. I, I find that <laughs> quite a fun. Like it was actually initially on our like bucket list when we started the business. We were like, we want to make an ad that gets banned. And we did make <laughs> one. Did. But it was through no, like it wasn't banned for the content. It was it was a legal issue. We, essentially there was like, I, I, what do I specifically yeah, talk about the campaign? <laughs> Basically, yeah. uh, maybe I won't say brands and then, you know, because for like talking about a legal issue, you could open up a whole another one. But uh, we were using people with celebrity names, uh, just average Joe's, like a bus driver with a celebrity name, whatever. And um, it was great. It did exactly its job and it was up for a few weeks and it was on like in the, these different like media outlets and it got lots of press and it did well. And then it came down after all the hype. So kind of taking it down was like, well, who cares? Like it's done its job now. It's, you know, everyone's seen it. Everyone on LinkedIn was like, you know, raving about it. And so, yeah, we weren't too concerned, but I was quite a, honestly, there was like a little bit of like, oh, that's so annoying. It's been pulled. But also I kind of love that we've yeah. actually now said, we can say like one of our ads, you know, <laughs> like was pulled. But yeah, um, no, I don't know if anything's backfired. I think um, just having made so many videos over the past three years i think some of them inevitably don't translate the way you hope i think that's just part of service yeah. delivery and and you know um making videos in general you can't have home run after home run so i think earlier on we were kind of making a lot of obvious mistakes and now we have our craft down to the point where um we have a lot of space in the pre-production of the videos where we're writing them that we kind of really prioritize the collaboration with the clients. So they're on the same page with us. Um, the, the last thing you want to do is make something really risky for the client that they don't like after you've made it. So we've had a couple of horror stories in that we shot something that didn't quite translate um, to what they were after. And then uh, yeah, that was a huge lesson that we learned early on. I think if, since then we've, we've got our systems in place to make sure that, the client's way more involved with that early storytelling process. So they are like part of, they're, they're part of the script writing almost. It's like their script as much as it is our script. Whereas before we didn't really, we were like, ah, oh, we know what we're doing because we got away with it so long. And then we had yeah one particular instance where a client really didn't like it. Um, and then we had to go reshoot. But um, no, for the most part, we've been really lucky in that like a, a lot of the brands that we work for are very, encouraging of us to take risks that's why they come to us um and they kind of expect something that's going to make them feel a bit uncomfortable um and a bit scared to upload it and i think those those clients are, have been really um great for us because it, it gives you the the space to be truly creative and 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 be ballsy because it's like you know if you're not sure that the client's that comfortable with you going through this process then it, it affects the product but you know um we've been really lucky in that sense that a lot of again a lot of our clients come to us and they're like hey you have permission to like fail almost and we're like oh my god great cool well we won't fail hopefully but we'll you know we'll push the limit um so we've been lucky in that sense i will say okay. I, it was, I don't know how it took that long for that to happen like the whole having to reshoot something because we were very like the process was very hands-off for the client for a long time. Like we would mm. write the scripts and they'd sign off on the script, but like for the most part, it was like, we'd then go and cast and shoot and create. And like, you know, that that's a scary thing. So they were kind of going in blind and it took us, it took that project for us to realize that. So I think, you know, we, we see that as like Matt said, it was a big learning, but mm. we like the client now to be fairly in a loop with, you know, even who we're picking as the, like casting and and down to like aesthetics and mood boards and all this kind of stuff so that we're you know a lot of our clients are overseas and 
they don't necessarily want to fly to the UK just to see some weird video shoot. So yeah, we just want to make sure that everyone's as much as we're making them something that is risky. We want them to be like, like Matt said, we, we need a green light for that risk. We need like go permission to fail, go. Um, otherwise it's just, that's when the risk is not good. Um, I feel like you only need to open your website to see whether I love these guys or I hate them. <laughs> good. And I think that's really important because with the kind of stuff that you do, if you had like a generic website, I think people would potentially then be like, oh, wait, this is this is not what I wanted. This is too crazy. But instantly when you open up your website, it's like it's love or hate. And I think that's probably worked out for you. Right. Because you only get the clients who are like 100 percent in from the get go. Yeah, that's that's really great feedback to hear, actually. You know, we spent a lot of time when we started being very conscious of who we're not for. Um, we're definitely not for everyone. So, yeah, we, we do try and scare as many people off um, before they jump on a call with us. We have a questionnaire that, again, is like a filter for people who want the usual stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that that translates. Um, we're very... By the way. Big, yeah, she did, yeah. like humongous yeah. shout out to the third founder and the third owner of dirty jack yeah uh, and she made that site and learned code to make the site like, that's right yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. um yeah but we are we're really happy not being liked by uh a lot of people but weirdly i think when you understand exactly who you're for and you're okay with not being for everyone we just have a lot of really positive feedback from um the people who watch the ads and the comments that we see in the ads um so i kind of expected our career to be a bit more controversial than it has been i'm slightly disappointed i don't know <laughs> like it's That's just like been quite nice words. i know yeah next week we're gonna have a a nightmare but um no yeah i'm glad that translates do you think that i mean i feel like we need to um, give people some context. So I'm going to put some links to some of your videos and stuff in the show notes for anyone listening. But can you like set the scene for maybe one of your craziest shoots that you've done? Can you like describe what you did and set the scene for people who are thinking like, what is so crazy about these videos? Oh God. Um, wait, Hayden, is there one that you think we could talk about? I'm just as in like the it. production style, so like rocking up to shoot them and create like actually making them. <laughs> is that what you mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so there's two. So Air Landline, I'll happily name yeah. Air Landline. Like they've yeah. been probably our most prolific, long-standing client, have been for like years now, and, and just like almost from day one, actually, of the business, they've put so much trust in us, and they just let us go crazy. And it might be the one you've seen. We've got like a ginger chap doing some presenting, and he's a bit like Matt Berry-esque. Um, those shoots are just always like yeah quite mental i mean the first one we did for them we had like a cow we had to find like a, an actual like cow and then we had like a flamethrower um we had a which, um, but surprisingly easy to get a hold of like yeah. we yeah. rented a flamethrower for a week i didn't show a single bit of paperwork uh it cost about 130 quid for a week to have a flamethrower and the gas for the flamethrower <laughs> so uh just anyone out there um you know that's interested I would say Biome, like they're, you know, they're a client who have just started running the ads um, and have already seen some really good results from, but like the shoots are, are really quite mental, even to the point where like, there's often, like I was talking about this on LinkedIn the other day, there's a moment when me and Matt will look at each other on a shoot and Matt's like shaking his head, being like, as if to say like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> like, what are we doing? We've got like a guy dressed as a pizza and there's like a volcanic like paper mache ass, like launching stuff everywhere. And it's like, it's just so bizarre. Um, but yeah, I mean, rocking up to shoot is great now. because We've got like a crew that we kind of, they're like the go-to. So we have like a sound guy that we go to and like a lighting guy and um, like set people and production people and runners. And it's like, it's just a great, like you've got to be in the right headspace when you're making these shoots. Cause like the slightest little bit of like offness about the set, you know, can kind of knock, the whole infrastructure of a shoot because you've got someone delivering comedy and being silly on camera and so like you know if the vibe's slightly off or someone's a bit off or it's just yeah it's kind of like a very fragile environment so we're really grateful now that we've got this like crew that just get it 
and they're willing to be silly and there's just no questioning it they're like yep that's mental cool we'll just you know that's like a normal yeah. day on a dirty jack shoot now um yeah. but I suppose. yeah i think the important thing for us is rocking up is that big first initial like we get everyone in the room and like everyone's got coffees teas whatever and snacks and keeping everyone fed and just like yeah just uh, making sure that if anyone does have issues and if anyone's not comfortable with stuff that we, they pull me aside or they pull Matt aside and they you know they express their worries or their concerns but they do that you know respectfully and off to the side but it's never happened like people just no no they're fun and they're, they are wild but there's a lot like the last day of landline shoot was something like 10 locations in two days like i suppose the the way to imagine these videos for people who haven't seen them is like the old spice ads i don't know if you've seen those old like kind of quite cheesy american 80s 90s 2000s kind of presenter led ads with really ridiculous visual cutaways to make points around pain points for the customers um who the ads are going to be shown to and also benefits of the product once the product's introduced so we use visual metaphor for you know to get people's um eyeballs on the ad very quickly and then um so often we've done stuff like filled up a bath full of spaghetti um you know again we had that flamethrower um i think once we had to make a a, a glory hole in a bathroom for a joke um we've had like rube goldberg machines i think we've had a horse uh, a lizard a snake um i really want a goat i oh, know we've had a goat we've had a goat haven't we yeah we did have a goat but then yeah. the goat like destroyed so the gag was like we were setting up a green screen in the middle of a field and this guy was going to kind of like teleport and someone turned into a goat and then we were going to cut to like a presenter stood in front of the green screen with next to the goat but then the goat was just like not happy and not playing ball we filmed on the farm like we didn't want to like you know steal a goat to a set or whatever we wanted it to be like chilled out but it was like headbutting the light stands and stuff and it was like tearing apart the green screen so we just went eventually they i think they only actually used just a facial shot of the presenter we didn't even like show the goat in the end which is mild to shame thing. but um yeah uh the big inspo is the old school retro ads like yeah i saying like the the silly hello there like in the future we will have flying cars and this is what butlins will look like in blah 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 and it's just i love all that and there's like such yeah. a nostalgia to it so we really yeah for our shoots that's the that's the big context i suppose is just how visual and how mental can we get and it's also important to say there's pretty much no movement in our shots like it's pretty much all like when you watch our videos it's near enough all just on a tripod and then we yeah. just we kind of paint from there like we'll set the camera up on a tripod and then just like decorate as much as possible and like fill the shot with like people and props and costumes and sets and like just try and make almost these little like i think matt or candela calls them renaissance scenes like these little renaissance paintings of weirdness that yeah. you know you've got people fanning like a lady as she talks about deodorant with like palm leaves while they feed them grapes and like in the background is someone playing a harp and then there's a guy like laying on his side being painted and it's just yeah like how can we just fill this single tripod shot up with something um yeah don't know where i was going with that <laughs> but uh the shoots are definitely inspired by retro weirdness yeah. and there's just always some real kind of visual challenge to Fruster or problems to solve like on, on every shoot um but it, yeah it makes for a good show reel i suppose hopefully i mean i would love to see like just a day in the life of you guys while filming because it just sounds so much more fun than the average person's day at work although i imagine there are lots of days where it's not it's not all fun and craziness and it's probably like boring tasks although right now i'm looking at matt who is i don't even know where but it looks very fun and much more exciting <laughs> than my office I'm lucky uh, I'm on holiday. Think of right the now. green yeah. screen. Yeah, it's a green <laughs> screen. That's right. Yeah, look, the sh the shoots are really great fun, and I think that the collaborators that we work with are um, amazing. And and uh, yeah, there's a lot of creative tasks to be to be had, and the storyboarding, and the, again, the set design and stuff. But you know, again, we still run a business, and we've got to do outreach, and um, you know, you've got to jump on sales calls, and 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 outreach is always fucking horrible and like marketing our own taxes. businesses taxes that's that's a good one yeah there's just like yeah so it's it is fun and games but then you know like like everything it um 
I think often it's talking about it on, on, you know, for example, we don't often reflect on what we do. It's, it's, it's just work for us a lot of the time um, until we rock up on set and yeah, there is a goat or an exploding paper mache ass or a, you know, um, you know, a, a whatever's going on that day, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a joy. Um, but again, like I think clients are hungry for creative options and they're looking for, for things to help them. Yeah. Like, share their the story of their business and the story of their product in a way that's really interesting so there is just need for it and like somehow over the past few years we've managed to i don't know like again convince people that this is a business and that we can um yeah get a monkey with a shotgun and and add your product in the background and somehow it works but it just does i don't really know how that works there's a kind of magic to it that i'm kind of wary of poking like i think if i know exactly what's going on then it might ruin it but somehow we just turn up and yeah like hayden's oh, like you don't want to like, yeah well no not even that i just don't i just don't personally understand how we get away with it sometimes um but i think that's a good thing like uh yeah we're very lucky but we yeah we try and um we work hard for the silly the nonsense i suppose I think, I mean, you've kind of answered the question and maybe you don't have an answer for this question, but why do you think it is that it works so well? Like, what is it about what you do that makes people stop mid-scroll when they normally would say they hate adverts and actually stop and pay attention? What is it? Um, well, we try and our, our hardest for the first few frames or, the you know, the first 20 seconds for it not to seem like an advert. We're really in the business of storytelling. Um you know, the best films and the best TV shows have really flawed, vulnerable characters. And, you know, my issue with all the glossy ads is that it treats people like kind of models and and it's very patronizing. You go to the cinema and you watch all the ads. It's like happy, happy music, ukulele's playing, you know, but really at home, people have got taxes to pay. They're in a marriage that they don't really like. They've not got connection with their kids. They're overweight. There's all sorts of tiny little issues that people are dealing with. And people generally feel incomplete and they feel a bit weird and wonky in the world and you know all of our characters that we create we try really hard for them to be just fucking weird and not normal um and um, fundamentally that, flawed as well yeah right. flawed people. yeah and sometimes our characters are dicks sometimes our characters are a bit pathetic um but that is so much more interesting to watch than um than a perfect model who's who's eating yogurt and and on, on a Greek beach, like that's not normal for most of us. Most of us, again, are stuck in the car, um, frustrated because we've got issues with whatever. Um, and I think kind of acknowledging that and, and making fun of it as well, you know, we kind of blow these little boring, annoying situations up to make them ridiculous and, and make them relatable. Um, and you know, that's, that's all comedy is comedy is just finding the tension and, and making it easier. Right. Um, so we try really, really, really hard to not be pretentious in the ads and not bore people, you know. Um, we have a lot of fun doing it and we try and make the ads just fun to watch. We try not to be um, kind of depressing about it. We don't want to be punching down. You know, we're very, we, we try and make you feel good after watching the ad. Hopefully you'll have a smile on your face, right? So often all our ads have happy endings and not, you know, as in like, <laughs> well, both, no. Um, yeah, they have uplifting, nice, uh, yeah. We, we, I'd really try and make sure we're not taking the piss out of anything that shouldn't be taking the piss out of. I mean, that's subjective, but you know, like, um, yeah, I just, I we try and make the ads nice again. Um, and they're really silly. And I think people uh, are fed up of being bored to death in the advertising, in, in, in advertising. And I just like, yeah. Um, and brands don't really want to admit that their customers are flawed and that they're normal people because most brands trying to make you feel like a superhero, but the problem is we're not fucking superheroes. Um, so yeah, I think it's a bit of all that stuff. And then, um, um, yeah, just some great shot visuals and some silly things going on. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of rambling, but that's, that's my instinct. Hey, and I'm not sure what you think, but that's. I mean, yeah, like we we also shoot different intros. So like we all 
we'll write a script with like four or five different hook scenes, like the opening scene. Um, so people can test them because ultimately if one of them, if we film this whole thing and the first scene flops, it's like, that's, that's kind of ad dead, like, cause they're going to scroll past and it's gone. So yeah, like these, these characters and these scenes, whatever we, we will write three, four, sometimes five different opening scenes and then edit them all in, um, which to the burden of whoever's editing the videos, uh, means that there's loads of assets. So I think that helps because then when they run them on Facebook, like our clients can kind of test different intros and different hooks and what's working well. And if they come back to us again, they're like, well, this one actually, you know, we found the hook with the guy looking like he was having a wank, but he's doing his dishes. That works really well. People are mental. So they scroll through Facebook and they see a guy that looks like he's having a wank and they're like, what the hell is this on my Facebook feed? Um, I think maybe that mild bit of outrage is something that helps. Maybe a mild little bit of like, what the hell? is enough for people to stop and they go oh okay i see what was happening there and then they're intrigued for the rest of the ad because the first scene was so outrageous so i think um yeah just getting the right amount of under someone's skin in that mm. first bit of an ad is great and people use all crazy technique like techniques on um things like tiktok and reels where they'll place things in the background that they want people to notice but isn't necessarily at the forefront so Someone might be walking around their house doing a vlog and on the shelf in the background is a, a huge collection of like butt plugs and they walk past it and they know that they're in camera because the people in the comments are going to go, oh my God, did you see that huge collection of butt plugs? Because, you know, that's just engagement. And so the second you've got these weird things that are enough to get people talking um, and we do hide some some things in the videos <laughs> that, you know, one day I'm sure people will like poke and find, but um yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta raise some eyebrows i think and yeah. i would say the intro scenes are the most crucial way of doing that like even if it pisses someone off if someone there's there's nothing more engaging than a piece of content you don't agree with on the internet you only have to open up an ad for huel and look in the comments section and see everyone going disgusting vegan gross no thanks i want real food minging uh why these ads keep popping up and it's like well because people like you are commenting on it and engaging with it constantly. Uh, I, it's very intentional. So I, I just think, you know, just poke. Yeah. Poke, poke, poke. And we will go to extreme lengths to, to think of something visually interesting in the first few seconds. Again, the latest one being a paper mache exploding. Uh, oh, so I'm going to keep saying that for the rest of the podcast. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, you know, it's just... Getting that, then that that was for a, a probiotic, right? So, like, you know, there's just all sorts you can do once you start thinking visually. You know, how in the first few seconds, how can we make this as interesting as possible, or as yeah, again, uh, eyebrow raisingly as possible. Uh, yeah, so that's 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 part that's half the craft is just like okay, you've got three seconds, you need to KO them with something. Well, so like it has to be fucking mental um yeah so that is part of it as well for sure i love all of it i love all the videos that you've done um what would your advice be to the person who is maybe listening to this and isn't in a position right now to like hire you guys or have the big production crew and they are still creating all of their own content where do they begin i mean it's important to say we when we started it it was just literally me matt and candela and there was no like there wasn't budget really we we like and even when we got budget for like our first videos we went like we'd run out very quickly or whatever but yeah like it was just first of all utilize the network you've got which i know sounds very like maybe naive to say because not everyone has like a big network but literally anyone like do you know someone that works at a cafe could you film in their cafe for like an hour do you know someone that like I don't know, works in a shop. Could you film a little scene in a shop? Could you blag it by going, can I film in your shop in return for like taking some nice photos? Like the horse in the first video we made, we got a guy through Facebook. We were like, does anyone know anyone with a horse? So just ask. And if you don't ask, you don't get. So we were like, does anyone know anyone with a horse? And a few comments later, poking in the right direction. Yeah, this guy, Danny, hey, I've got a horse. And then we message him, look, we don't have any cash, but we can bring our photographer along and take some really nice photos of your horse. And he was like, I love that. I've been wanting photos for Instagram and blah, blah. So there's a lot of like, you can haggle and you can be really quite 
crafty and you know we still to this day even with the massive budget videos we'll make props out of just like stuff we've got laying around or cardboard or paper mache whatever it might be like there's charm in the DIY and I think that almost is another reason why that last question makes sense is like the, the DIY-ness is kind of a charm in itself mm. um but yeah like I mean we we started on nothing um and it was really just like I mean we started in lockdown like in COVID so we couldn't even go out and shoot really it was like little janky animations and Matt would like do little paper animations on Final Cut and stuff that would make our ads and fill in shots where we couldn't necessarily go out and get them but um I think overall you've just got to be prepared to be cheeky as fuck like the amount of stuff that we've managed to get for free or for li very little just by you know look we're a small business we're new we're creating and blah blah and or we know someone with this like I say can I swap that for something that's not monetary can we take some photos can we like make a little edit for you and promote your bar or whatever like yeah like we managed to do that with a bar because they let us swim in the bar in return for some like footage of the bar and so I think it's all super possible and now a phone as well you know we've done yeah. campaigns on a phone before yeah so like even in terms of the kit it's like that you can just get away with so much like the most engaging content on the internet right now is shot on phones and I think yeah it's the if you've got a good idea it doesn't matter how many megapixels your camera's got or what your lens is like we have literally used the same lens for every single shoot since day one of starting day jack like i've never bought a new lens and we've used the same like it's we just don't it's like why that's not the the clients aren't coming to us because of our lens the clients are coming to us because of the silly ideas and so yeah. if you're frugal with that um, and you're cheeky and you don't mind getting some no's and that's probably the most important bit is you just got to deal with rejection all the time and no's and like how yeah. fucking dare you ask for this like you just got to deal with that and you know amongst all of it is some yeses and some really nice people and yeah. people are a lot nicer than we think everyone thinks the world's all fucked right now but i think i've more faith in people than um maybe a lot of other people including some of my friends probably yeah um but you can find some real gems um, i agree and also i think you need to just have the space to have fun with it and and have a safe space to just have a safe space to risk some stuff um and you know we do stupid funny ads but if you're into documentaries or paintings or you have a really specific interest that you want to incorporate in your advertising like that's going to make it so much more colorful if you take it the outside world like most people aren't on fucking linkedin most people are living their lives doing stuff fishing you're walking a dog stepping in dog shit they're just doing stuff like so if you're able to take in whatever you're interested in from the outside world, again, not on LinkedIn <laughs> and like include that in your, in your videos, whether that's again, like if you're into pottery, like, and, and you're a lead gen expert, do some pottery while you're talking about lead gen on camera. There's no reason you can't and make it a pottery lead gen shop, whatever it is. Right. Like, it's just, I think letting yourself enjoy it, like have a part of you you're in a kid that comes out and just plays around honestly the amount of time we spend messing around before we shoot anything is like we just piss around it's just fucking around and i think playing is important so if you're bored with your content and you feel like you're just saying the same as everyone else like it's maybe worth reminding yourself what are you interested in outside of this business stuff like that's I think as important as the business stuff itself. And like by being a human being online and by, you know, incorporating some of your own actual curiosities into your work and, and that can look like anything, then um, the more people will see you as not a talking AI LinkedIn bot who's got five lessons on why you should be using chat GPT this week. Like people just don't give a fuck. I don't think, I think, everyone's sick of it and i think people want to people are just gagging for some interesting content so like um yeah be brave like if people might be weird out at first but um honestly it's 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 such a journey to go there and it's risky and it's scary but it's really rewarding and it just makes it fun um so that's what i'd say have a bit of fun i love it i and feel that, like that's a where you're going to see your podcast like on your little analytics thing is going to like your viewers are just disappearing there they're like how dare you how dare you come up my linkedin page this is my whole career sorry linkedin sorry i can't wait to i'm going to create a trailer for this podcast and it's just going to be clips of like talking about dildos and 
butts and all sorts of weird shit. But <laughs> I think this is a really nice place to end on because I think that's really important. And that's something that you guys really embody with everything you do is like having fun, that inner child, that like playfulness and not being too serious with everything. Uh, but my final question is, what is your biggest struggle right now related to the business? Working with Matt. Horrible. You know what? I think it's our budgets. So we offer a lot um, and we work really hard in each project, but um, for the amount of time we spend on each video, it's we're not as profitable as we'd like to be. So it's it's having the courage to um, ask for, for much more money and, and try and have a seat at the table with a lot of the bigger brands that we want to work with. And I think um, we've been building a portfolio for the past three years and we've got a lot of if I'm being completely honest, we've got a lot of imposter syndrome about how much our, our, our work is worth um, because we work, yeah, again, we work as a lot of business owners do. We work extremely hard for uh, for the, to keep the business running. And often we're only, we're, we're working month by month often. Um, and it's only been very recently that we've, we've kind of had cash flow that, um, yeah, um, gives us a bit more space to yeah but that's you know we're, we're very new at this and um so yeah i think it's 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 figuring out how to um find those bigger budgets so we can invest more time into the projects um and also taking time off i think something that we're all trying to learn is that we've been working non-stop at this for a few years so it's um i, I definitely struggle to um have the courage i suppose to take time off other about hayden yeah, i think um a big a, a, like a business-wise i think a struggle is one of the bottlenecks is our post-production now that we've got so much mm. you know i think the last project we did we had something like 96 assets like edited assets were delivered for it and so i think it's realistic or it's unrealistic to assume that we can keep doing that ourselves without starting to you know bring in external editors and have a, like matt was saying a bit of extra budget to sort of bring in editors and things like that but um mentally I think, yeah, the struggle is, is that switching off? Like, you know, everyone, I can preach as much as I like about like rest and reward yourself and, and blah, 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 and eat well and get good sleep and drink loads of water and, and blah, 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 shower. Uh, um, but I still sometimes am 11, 12 o'clock at night, like, oh, fuck, have I got this thing for tomorrow? Have I like, especially the day before a shoot, the day before a shoot is just never, you know, like no matter how on it and prepared you are and no matter how nice my notion document is with all of my my props and my characters and my casting and my train tickets and whatever is there's still like what if i have to dismantle my own bed in the morning at 6 a.m for a shoot which has happened before so we can use the bed in the studio and rent a van to take that it's just what if like what if there's that little you know so I like on a personal note i'm really trying to get into meditation and things like that sounds a bit cringy but I just, I need that complete, my brain works at a thousand miles an hour and there's definitely some undiagnosed like ADHD going on there or something of that nature. But I also don't think the business would be the same if we were all perfectly neurologically balanced and in tune. I think that the divergence, yeah. the diversity in our brains is what makes it special. And so, you know, I don't want to kick out like the ADHD. I don't want to, you know, cure it. I just want to learn to pause while I'm not working and, and, and when it's not needed and be able to sort of like turn on the tap when needs be. So mental health for me and, and winding down is the, is the struggle, or at least is the thing that I'm trying to do more of at the moment. Um, so, yeah. And ultimately I think if everyone's like, when we wake up, you know, if Matt wakes up and he's like, Jesus, I feel like crap. I need another two hours sleep. Like we're not on each other to be like, how dare you? Like get, get to your desk right now and get work done. Like we're not even really time orientated people. We just, we work, you know, we get stuff done. And if you turn up at 12 o'clock and you, you're finished by three and you've got a crap load done in those three hours, rather than turning up at eight and you're really tired and aggy and you get the same amount done by five o'clock that day, it's just, yeah, so we we look after each other, but I think we should all we should all take time to breathe and sit in front of nice mountain ranges while we're on Zoom calls, and uh, you know live the lives. It's a green screen. Live. It's a green screen. It's not a very podcast friendly thing to say, is it? Because it's a very visual uh, reference. But uh, for anyone watching, that sat in front of a 
a, a mountain right now and it's beautiful I'm very jealous I love that he was also just saying like I really need to take more holidays and there's like mountains yeah. in the background <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't be fooled he's yeah, still thanks. working supposedly yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me and talking, not just business, but also I love to see the humans that are behind everything, because sometimes we forget that there are actual people who are losing sleep and forgetting to eat because they're too busy putting these amazing things together. So I really appreciate it. Um, where can people come and find you if they want to connect with you or work with you? Um, I think all of our social media is just Dirty Jack Co, I think. Um, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, our Instagram is definitely that and our tiktok which we don't really use which we definitely should use more of steady jack co ironically just linkedin us, too just is probably quite a good place to say hello oh i probably should mention linkedin yeah we're pretty good yeah. at that actually linkedin i'm hayden brown on linkedin i'm sure hopefully i i'm cropping up lists gradually higher and higher these days but I've, I've got a little black and white photo of my face with sunglasses on and that's me and then matt's got a little green photo of him looking like the incredible hulk uh i think you're green are you green or are you purple Do you know what i'm not sure because i don't actually as much as i appear to like linkedin i don't so i let hayden do as much of the i do the linkedin linkedin as possible but yeah at Dave Jack Co on instagram is a good place to start or you know if you can say hello through the website if you want to jump on a call with us which is uh again dirtyjack.co i think <laughs> is that, yeah probably yeah. i'm not sure well, thank you so much. I'll put all of the links and I'll put some links to your videos and stuff in the show notes so people can see what the hell we are talking about. Um, but thank you for spending some time with me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.